So welcome, Michael Ferber, to St. Augustine's and uh, to anyone else who is listening in on this podcast. Uh, it's, a, it's a different time that we're in in these last weeks. Uh, I've, I've had someone, a number of people say that the last couple of days have felt like a year to them. And, and so uh, I was drawn to uh, do some topic around how we now spend our time doing what we do uh, when everything has has changed around us. So uh, thinking today about ritual and uh, what we do uh, as Christians, as humans in our neighborhoods and and now in our homes uh, that we're, we're quarantined in. So I have with me uh, Mike Ferber, Ferber. And uh, Mike, do you want to just say a bit about who you are and some of your history. I know you as a, as a pastor. Um, I know you as someone who's been involved with students and, and thinks a lot about these things. And uh, you posted recently that you're a voracious reader. I don't know what more you want to want to say about yourself. Sure. Yeah. First, thanks for uh, hosting me today. I'm I'm honored that uh, that you've asked me to to chat about this. Um, I'm currently the associate professor of geography and environmental studies at the King's University, just just down the road from your church, and uh, have yeah have had a number of roles there for a while. Was the dean of students and directed the environmental studies program for a while. And uh, I'm currently on sabbatical. So while I've been on sabbatical, I've been reading a bunch. And I think, Jonathan, what you the, the post that you saw is I've started doing book recommendations every day. I'm on day five now. And um, the first recommendation that I made on uh, day one, five days ago, was a book called You Are What You Love by James K.A. Smith. And uh, I think something I put in that review sparked some of your thinking about uh well, what what you wanted to chat about? So maybe I'll let you jump in and, and yeah. just take us where take us where you want to go. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a book that I have on my bookshelf that I I haven't actually read yet. So, um, uh, so I, I you know I, I'm looking for a bit of a, a preview to to get me started. Um, but I I I know the the shape of that book and it resonated with something that I've been thinking about uh, around ritual. So um, I'm. A pastor in a church and and a lot of what I find myself doing is engaging different rituals um, whether those are sort of life rituals that we we stumble into marriage death baptism uh, just the transitions that come and the pastoral needs around uh, a job change uh, what have you but then I think of that within our our weekly structure of of gathering weekly for for worship and uh and through the week in in different ways and and i i found those things for a long time to be a, a grounding thing within me that i i, I actually need ritual and I, i'm inclined to think that ritual is is central to our our humanity um and and so seeing that you chose you are what you love the spiritual power of habit as as the first book to, to post in the time of COVID-19 uh, gave me the sense that you were thinking about these kinds of things as well and, and how we spend our time and what we do and, and who that makes us to be. So, um, so Mike, if you want to say more about the book and maybe what struck you within it, uh, what were some of the key points for you that, uh, that James Smith uh, pulled out from that and uh, and any reflections you move into from there 
Sure. So the, the book is in uh, many ways a, a critique of the way that we think about worship uh, and the way that we think about liturgy. And uh, the critique comes in the form of the heart versus the head. So Jamie's pushing us to think a little bit more about kind of in an Augustinian sense, what are what do we love? What are our habits? And uh, how do our habits and the things that we do reveal the things that we actually love? Because perhaps, mm. you know, we might have some intellectual liturgies and rituals that we do that are very Christian, but then perhaps if we take some time to look deeply into ourselves um, and the, the things that we actually do, the way that we spend our time, the, the word he, he calls them rival liturgies or cultural liturgies, um, maybe there's some things that we can question. And the biggest example that he uses and the one that I was citing in, uh, in the short little review that I, that I put on Facebook uh, is uh, consumption or shopping. Hmm. Um, and he sort of, he demonstrates in some pretty interesting ways how shopping becomes for us kind of a form of a liturgy that we very much are a consumptive society that um, when we're stressed, we shop that if we feel unfulfilled, we want to find some kind of a product that will bring fulfillment. And then of course we use that product. And once we've, once it's brought us that fulfillment, it doesn't fulfill as much anymore as all false idols don't. So then we go find another product that will fulfill us. And of course he's speaking at a societal level, but uh, the thing that I was observing having, and, and I was asked to, uh, I, I was part of a group called the Canadian Association of Christians and Student Development um, from my role as Dean of Students. And I've had this book like similar to you, John, if I had it on my shelf for, probably about a year before I finally got around to reading it and writing the review that I was asked to do. And I had just finished writing that review um, a couple weeks ago. So it's, the book was quite fresh and I had just written that review, thinking about some of these th things um, in the context of helping students to, to have a better well-being, to think through what their purpose in life is, and even to think through what a university is, the telos uh, or telos of what, of what their functioning is. So, so in the midst of having just read that book, uh, my wife and I went to the store to just get a few things. We're, we were pretty well stocked up already, but we thought, well, okay, there's a couple things we need, a gallon of milk and some other stuff. And I had read in, uh, and I'd been watching, I'm from the States originally, had been watching my social media, and I knew a, kind of about the toilet paper craze going on in the U.S., but I went into the grocery store here in Edmonton, and we went <laughs> past the toilet paper aisle, and I, I had to take a picture of it. It was it was completely bare, just bizarre. And I thought, to, of of all the things, why, why, what, why toilet paper? And what does what does the <laughs> fact that that we as a society desperately scrambled, so many people ran out to to desperately buy toilet paper because they heard other people were buying toilet paper. And uh, we, we basically bought all the toilet paper in North America, and they're only now going to get back onto shelves. So I was just kind of asking, asking the question in that, in that review, what is, what is that saying about us? What does that say about um, what brings us fulfillment? And, and I think there are some ways that we can think about what that, what that means in terms of, of the liturgies that we have in life. When we're stressed as a society, what do we do? We shop. Yeah, and I think you can really see that that all of us are feeling that draw to, as we're seeking security, uh, that that we're seeking that security largely through things that we can buy, things that we can hold, and if we look in our pantry and there's lots of food there, then we feel like we're safe from COVID nineteen or or even just the anxiety that that we we're we're experiencing. Um, 
it's interesting we're we're reading as a, a Lenten study uh, a book on addiction uh, by Gerald May, and and he hits on some of the same points that you've you've mentioned of uh, of the things that we 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 do to to replace uh, the, that distress within us, uh, and 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 yeah, it, directing us to look at our time, to look at the things that we actually do as as kind of getting into what the what the real story is um just just to unpack one one piece of what you said uh, you were talking about in in the university context and and helping students i'd I'd be interested to hear just a bit more uh, if what reflections you came to with that how um how that might function in a university context Sure. So I, I was writing to uh, individuals who are working in the student development or student services side of the shop within universities. So the people that are doing a lot of the more care-oriented care um, kinds of tasks. And one, one of the things that is, that is interesting within a university context is how elevated um, the life of the mind is, which makes sense in a university. The, the mm-hmm. mind is critically important. Um, but what James K. A. Smith is the idea he's pushing is actually it's more about what you love. It's what you're passionate about. It's what you're doing. And so, um, yeah, one of the, one of the points I made in the, in the review that I wrote for them and it's up on the, I think it's the CACSD.ca, something like that. There might be a couple other letters there. I can look it up for you so you can put it as a link uh, on this, but the, the review that I wrote talked about how actually the work that student development workers do um, is perhaps as, or maybe even more important in shaping, especially in a Christian university like King, shaping the, the, the Christian life and development of a student. That's not to reject the life of the mind, but it's so much more than just what we know. Focusing, as you said, on the, on the things of the heart and, and moving beyond just a head knowledge to, um, to, to our actual actions and, and living in the world. Exactly. What are, what are our habits? And so then the question in that context is, okay, what are the habits that we do with our students that help us? And, and, and the larger question is, what is the telos of that? What, why are we doing what we're doing? Uh, James Smith has this great um, quote about stonemasons. So somebody asks a stonemason, what is it that you're doing as a stonemason? And one stonemason might say, I'm cutting this stone into a perfectly square shape. And then, which is exactly what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And then you ask another stonemason, what are you doing? And that stonemason says, I'm building a cathedral. Hmm. And that as student development workers, we keeping that end in mind that we are building a cathedral and these tasks that we do on a daily basis, um, the metaphor of cutting that stone into a perfectly square shape lead to that telos, but keeping the telos in mind all the time, the end of, uh, of, of what we're trying to accomplish. Kind of where where are you going? What's the ultimate goal? Exactly. Um, and I, I feel like what you're saying mirrors a shift that has been going on in the Christian world in the last number of years, where we're we're kind of st- still recovering from the Enlightenment and and Reformation, and uh, and I think of a lot of the sort of religiosity of the last hundred years had uh, a lot of focus on on the head, I'm thinking of some of the preaching that, that I've come across uh, a lot of focus on what we think and, and our denominations tend to be focused on a clear statement of belief. And, and it, if you sort of assented to these things, 
then you could consider yourself um, a part of the church, be a good Christian. And, and I feel like we've been going through a whole shift uh, of, of wrestling through, well, hold on. Was Jesus only about sort of a mental belief um, or, or was he hitting us more deeply at what you do? And, and I know I've um, been drawn to passages like uh, Matthew 25 that, that focus on, uh, you know, the, the questions will be asked, the, the goal of our life. Um, the, the focus is, is have we cared for the poor? Have we uh, visited those in prison? Have we, have we, uh, you know, uh, comforted uh, those who are struggling? So, yeah, which are, which are liturgies, right? Which are, which are uh, rhythms yes. that we do. And, and of course the, 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 the two primary commandments that we're given love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, both of those start with an action word love and not a not a not a mindset or a thinking word and and that's that's a main theme in in smith's book is it that that move from from the mental to the to the heart yeah and and he does talk just to kind of transition because i think this is where you're wanting to go into some of the some of what these changes mean for us um yeah. All of a sudden, as a society, we're in a place where all of our normal rhythms have been thrown asunder. We're, we're home, we're trying to work, we're, those of us with school-age kids are trying to be homeschool parents now, um, we're together as a family all day, everything has just changed, and that's very disruptive. There's all kinds of aspects of that that are, that are, that are maybe people are feeling less than optimal. But we have this incredible opportunity all of a sudden to enter into some new communal practices as households that perhaps in the in our lifetime as a family, we've never had these kind of opportunities. And if we're intentional about it, um, we can make this a pretty special time. Um, and of course, as we pray for the crisis, as we pray for the poor, as we do what we can to help and serve our neighbors, um, I know, especially with, I have a nine-year-old, so trying to shelter my nine-year-old from the stress that I'm feeling at this time, I need resources to help deal with my stress, but, but she's picking up on that stress. And some of the communal practices, the ancient um, richness that's in the Christian tradition, we can dig into that to find grounded, groundedness and rootedness in order to um, help our whole family find these new rituals. I, th- I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head, and uh, at least in from my perspective, um, to that that we we have this moment, which is a an opportunity to to flip things around and not not only exist in the anxiety of it, but but to do something with it and and step into a, a new way. Um, we had a part of where the the interest in in exploring this topic came from. We had a family meeting at home. And, and we, we literally had to plan out what we were going to do in this week. You know, we, we expected the kids would have been in school and all of a sudden they're not. And, uh, and, and my work situation has changed because we're, we're not meeting face to face anymore. And, and, and we just had to have this moment of what we are going to be doing in the week had to be brought down to the very basics and to to kind of a zero sum so that we could rebuild it in in a new way and um, there there was a an anxiety for that 
in us, I think, but, but also, uh, I, I, w- I want to say there's, as, as you're saying, uh, a chance for freedom, a chance for a new beginning. And, and I think, uh, of families that have maybe been struggling with something or trying to make decisions and all of a sudden they have all this time together. I think of, uh, couples who have maybe been working for, uh, you know, both in jobs and all of a sudden they're at home together and, and there's an opportunity for them to, to look at how life together will exist. And, um, and I think for all of us, there's, there's a mix of emotions with that sort of joy that we have that extra time together and, and fear that, you know, maybe we won't be able to make it work. And how do we live in the same house together (laughs) for, for as much time? Um, but, but I feel like the way of health for all of us is to, uh, is to step into that fully and, and take that, that opportunity. Um, and, and I agree. I, th- I think one of the first places I go is, is to go, uh, deep into the rituals of that, of that space. Um, I, I felt strongly that we needed to do something on Sunday for the community at St. Augustine's. And so we did a l- little live stream on Facebook, uh, fairly simple, but I felt like we needed something that was a little regular and a little normal, um, in all the abnormality and, um, and the, the gift that we have to maybe lean back on the rituals that can keep on going, uh, and, and shape some new ones as, as we go ahead. I, I think I hear that si- similar to what you're, you're saying as well. Well, and, and many of those can be linked to some of these ancient Christian practices, right? So and, uh, tell me more about that. Intentional, well, I mean, if you look at even monastic communities or, or more contemporary intentional Christian communities, eating together, praying together, singing together, thinking and reading together, there's just this opportunity to, with, for the, the time that we have now that offers to, uh, to create a new framework for the way that we do the things that we do every day. And, and this is the challenge of, of choosing this back to the rival liturgy or what, what the, the habits of our heart. I know my, my habit, I'll, I'll confess to your church, is to get completely consumed in this. I'm an academic. <laughs> I've been reading the math. I can't stop. Um, what, what did I, my wife came into the kitchen yesterday and I had found a live ticker that I had put on my screen. So I had the screen going with a live ticker of the number of cases, the number of deaths. And it looked like a stock market ticker because the whole time, all the countries were kind of coming up with the number of cases, number of deaths. And I'm just fixated on this, watching the numbers grow and doing this research. And, and just, and my wife, who's a psychologist, this is kind of like Mike. Stop, <laughs> right? They, yeah, that, that's pretty th- intense. Yeah. This is this is not healthy, right? It's not healthy to so so. We have a choice now to decide. Okay, what what kind of liturgies are we going to do with our day? Are we just going to going to hide in our offices and read news all day and watch watch YouTube about COVID nineteen, or are we going to take some time to do self care and to enhance the well being of ourselves and our families? I wonder if it's appropriate then to kind of frame what's going on uh, almost with a, a battle metaphor uh, where, where we're being pulled in all these directions and the world is kind of open to us in terms of what we do and what our habits will be and, and this kind of tussle happening 
between um, the, the healthy options and the less health, healthy options, and they're really not healthy options. Um, and and the the freedom to kind of choose that, but also the tension to uh, to to wrestle that out. Um, I know when we made a list as a family, I noticed that most of the things we were hitting on were kind of self care, mental health things that that what we felt we needed to do, um, maybe not always what we wanted to do or felt like doing, but the things we needed to do were things like getting outside or exercising, doing fun things together, um, trying to connect with people over phone or online, uh, that, that all boiled down to how will we sort of keep ourselves together in this time? Uh, yeah. and yeah, board that games. yeah, even we, we downloaded Disney plus, right? So, nice. Um, uh, you know, we've had a couple family movies, so just, just finding things that we can do together. And, you know, I, I should mention, this is another theme of, 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 uh, James Smith's book too, is this idea that, that the point of worship is bound up in the point of creation, um, where in, in worship, we're being remade into the image of God and then sent out as image bearers. And so we have this opportunity now in our, in how we set our communal practices and how we set the rhythms of our, of our households to truly worship and to be remade in God's image, to be in uh, image bearers for this time, um, which is very different than it was a week ago. And there's, that touches on another point for me, which is that um, on some level, what we are called to do in this time, what we may do in this time, is exactly the same as what we did two weeks ago and what we will do in three years, uh, which is, uh, you know, to use that language, to be image bearers, uh, to, to be reaching our full potential and capacity and the gifts we've been given as humans uh, in continuing to uh, care for one another, especially those who are most, most vulnerable and and reaching out in our neighborhoods. On some level, that's exactly the same thing we were doing last Wednesday. <laughs> uh, but it, it it can feel like everything has changed. Uh, and yeah. yet it's kind of the same on a on a deeper, uh, more goal centric level. Yeah. Well, although, although part of it is so bizarre, almost juxtaposed, because part of the way, in fact, a major way that we're loving our neighbors right now is by staying <laughs> away from them, which just, it's so counterintuitive. There's parts of me, I think, that just, this does not, yeah, paradoxical, exactly. It's just not feel right that this is how I love my neighbor by, you know, staying six feet away. And, and I think that's been uh, a, a kind of a tension point in our churches is, is we, we both want to be together and we know it would be good to be together, but we should not be together because we would, um, you know, share more than love and affection for each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that, that in itself would not be loving. So um I've been really touched by the way some of that care has happened. I know our, our bookkeeper was just in the office today and she sent out a, a, a nice note. Um, we have some uh, other helpers in, in the office who um, are in the, the higher risk zones. And, and so she 
really made clear that she was going to use the computer and then wipe down everything. And I, I walked in and it smelled like Lysol. And uh, I, I didn't receive that as a negative thing of why the office smells bad. But um, isn't it lovely that she took the time to do uh, a full job of cleaning everything up? Just Absolutely. Lysol has become care. the scent of love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... Well, this this has been good. Um, is there anything else that is is in your head that you feel Jane Smith might say to us in in these days, um, or or any other pieces that you feel we haven't gotten to? Yeah, I think I think the primary point of his book is pay attention to what your habits are, pay attention to what the liturgies uh, of your day are, and ask about what the end of those become. Um, what's the telos of your daily rituals and you know where do these things ultimately lead and if they're leading to a place that makes you um, more like the image of Christ and helps you be a better image bearer then you're on the right track and if they're not as they aren't for all of us certain days and at different times then confess that and repent and and find some new patterns and rituals that'll help you to get back on the right track okay well, uh, I hope this conversation, uh, it's been helpful to me. To I've been wanting to talk about these things, and I hope it's helpful for, uh, for others who, who will be listening in. And um, I just really want to thank you, Mike, for, um, for taking the time to do this. So I, yeah. I hope your quarantine continues to go well and, you know, you have enough Lysol to keep you going or... Um, whatever you need. So yeah, thanks. plenty of Lysol, plenty of, of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bless you, Mike. And bless you as well. Thank you. I'll look forward to connecting maybe face to face one of these days, um, yeah. but otherwise on Facebook or wherever we are. Sounds great. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk more.